now we're recording. Now we're recording. <laughs> now all the words have left my brain. <laughs> we're back. We are back. Does it feel like we were gone? It does. Oh, uh, maybe for those listening, for us, I've been really tired. I've yeah, been you've been tired, but like, but it feels like a while since we did this, don't you think? Oh, let's wait for that feeling of our intro. And then we'll see how easily we get back in the groove. <gasps> Wait, do I even remember it? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome goodness. to Be Creatful. That's not it. What is it? <laughs> that's not right. This is Be Creatful. Uh-huh. This is, yeah, that's what it is. Do you remember the rest of it? A podcast. How about? <laughs> okay, let's yep. just get started. <laughs> This is Be Grateful, a podcast about how we find fullness through creativity. I'm Joe, And I'm Madison. And I'm Meredith. And today on episode 40, we're going to be talking about Is Better Necessary? Episode 40? Yep. Wow. This podcast is over the hill. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is 40 the hill? I thought 50 was the hill. Hey, life expectancy is only 78, friends. Just saying. (laughs) Wow. Okay. <laughs> Even for women? I think that might be women, yeah. Short I'll have to women? check my number. Short women. <laughs> Short women who wear rainbow striped shirts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the exact specifics on that number. But Meredith is a tall woman. This uh, is true. For tall people, life expectancy is shorter. Because what? your heart yeah. has to work harder. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, sucks for us. You think it's handy because we can get stuff off the top shelf, but we'll die. <laughs> <laughs> Help us all. <laughs> Meredith did so last time Meredith was on the <laughs> podcast we were talking in real life for the first time with you that's right right but also you were on the computer yeah but now we have met Meredith in real life and she's mm-hmm. sitting here in our studio that's right well we met in person for the first time yesterday mm-hmm. and Madison said you're taller than I thought and <laughs> Meredith said you're shorter than I thought that's <laughs> <laughs> so true oh man uh, so we're talking about is better necessary. Mm-hmm. This idea was born from a conversation that Meredith and I had. Yes. Do you want to share the situation? Yes, I will share the situation. Um, a friend of mine who is a marketing executive, she had reached out and asked me if she could have a print of something that I had drawn and posted on Instagram. And what I, in my mind, didn't want was for her to just have that exact thing that I posted in my mind. um, And I I ended up texting her this. I said, Wendy, you have no idea how hard it was for me to just upload this and let you buy it because I wanted to make it perfect and create a whole nother print around this same concept and idea and make it better because what I had just posted was like a sketch and, and I probably still will create a whole another version of this. Um, and I said, this perfectionism is really what's keeping me from going forward with so many personal projects that I have. And it's a daily struggle. I was like, but I, you know, thanked her for her encouragement. And, um, she was like, so there's actually a term for this and it's called noodling. Noodling. Have you all heard of noodling? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So it's when, um, and she sees this because she runs analytics on like the marketing side of things and it's when you run numbers against how much time that goes into something you actually will see the the numbers of your profit go down and so she said that she did this with her her team and it was between like 15 and 20 percent so over time that's like thousands of dollars or more you know that you would lose by not moving not allowing yourself to move forward Mm. and so and we all do this to an extent. I think it's harder for some of us than others. But what she told me was like, you didn't have to like justify or make something better or different. You had already sold me. I wanted what you, what you had already made. Yeah. What I had already made. And because of my own struggle with perfectionism, I was like, well, it's not good enough. Right. It needs to be better. And that was when Joe posed the question, well, is better necessary? Mm -hmm. Right. Because you had already sold her on it. And then, so you had the money. I mean. Essentially, the money was like already in my pocket. Yeah. And you're not going to make any more by making it better. Uh -uh. But there was something in you that was like, oh, no, but this needs to be better. Yeah. So that I thought is better necessary. I just said that. And then it, 
you were like, oh my gosh. And I was gosh. like, I'm writing that on a post-it and keeping it in front of my eyeballs at all times now. And I thought, <laughs> if it's going on a post-it, then I guess we can have a podcast about it. <laughs> yes. So uh, that's what we're talking about today, is better necessary. Yeah. We have talked at length and in several episodes about perfectionism mm-hmm. in general. I think this is a question then that you can ask yourself when you are in that perfectionist loop to help break out of it. Yes. So I am a perfectionist, but not in all things. Like a lot of times good enough is fine for me when it comes to, you know, like making my bed. Well, Mm -hmm. that's good enough. Like my bed doesn't have to have those nice crisp hospital corners and no wrinkles. Mm -hmm. I don't need better when I'm making my bed, but definitely anything creative or anything to do with make do's business or something. I'm always, uh, being a little bit more of a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Madison? Yes. Thoughts? (laughs) You know, um, I'm in the process of going through a lot of changes right now. I'm in the process of buying a house. um, And... uh, I just get so happy every time you say that. uh, (laughs) It is very exciting. (laughs) I know. Um, And having finished um, this kids' kids classes over the summer, um, I've I've encountered this question a lot. Um, like, okay, so one of the kids' classes that we just had, um, I was afraid that the crafts that I had lined up were not going to be enough for Mm. my students. But as it happened to turn out, um, they were perfectly fine with the three that I was offering. So the extra one that I spent time on, I didn't necessarily need to. Mm -hmm. I could have just left it at the three and let it ride. Um, But instead, my perfectionist tendencies force me to like, oh, well, I need to make sure that I do this the right way. I want to make sure they're really getting their money's worth Mm. um, for the class. That's a tricky one, too, because you also have to be prepared for that. Like if they blow through the first three crafts that you have Mm -hmm. and you don't have something else prepared, then it's not a matter of it wasn't good enough and it needed to be better. It was like now you have kids running around because they don't have something to do. Which I think you'll find a lot that this question comes up a lot in um, your work and you have to decide okay, is better actually necessary? And sometimes the answer is yes, that it does need to be necessary. Um, But I think it's those moments when we're really pushing ourselves um, expending more energy than than is necessary that we need to ask ourselves this question. Um, because, and we've talked about this before, creativity is a gamble on your energy Mm -hmm. of your time and resources. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a good idea to check yourself with this question. So I have two kind of follow-up questions that I thought of to how do you decide if it's necessary? So one would be, does better add value? Mm -hmm. So in Meredith's case, no, it didn't. You Mm -hmm. already had, she was already willing to give you whatever you wanted for that. You didn't need to make it better. That wasn't going to add any value. It was actually going to just take away from you. My billable time. It was going to be a print that she purchased regardless. Right. Same amount of profit. But my margin actually would have gone down because of more time hourly time that I would have spent to create that unnecessarily. Right. Versus, you know, sometimes for a kid's class, it does add value Mm -hmm. to have another project in mind for them or, um, spend a little bit more time prepping extra. It does add value. So in that instance, then yes, better is necessary. The second question is, does better make a noticeable impact? Because I think as creative people, we notice every single little change that we make, Mm -hmm. but someone else looking at our work is not going to notice. Here is an example. I changed the make-do teal, like the color, the actual color of it. Oh, this was a whole thing (laughs) where I was like, I've changed the hex number. And I'm like, what? I had the first one written down on a post-it note. Those post-its, they'll get you. I know. Uh, Well, here is what you should know. I've gone back to the original. Ah, (laughs) I need a new post. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Because you couldn't, when I started looking at it, I thought, wait, I don't think you can actually tell a difference in the original teal. And then the teal that I changed it to, which for an afternoon I was convinced was so much better. 
but I don't think that you can actually tell a difference. Mm -hmm. So it did not make a noticeable impact Mm -hmm. to spend an hour searching for the perfect heel. (laughs) But it wouldn't have just been an hour, right? Because once you decide on a new teal, if you do go with a new teal, it's all of your branding. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's every piece of digital printed material. Right. Well, and especially when what was helping me let go of of better being necessary in this particular instance is every time we print something, it looks a little different. On mm-hmm. every screen, it's gonna look a little different. And and I don't think our our brains can't comprehend those shifts in tone anyway, right? So I just thought, you know what? It's fine. The person that's looking at it's colorblind. Right. They really don't care. (laughs) But it was noticeable that it was a little different, like in places where I hadn't uploaded a new picture. Like if I hadn't changed the teal in our Make Do logo, but the teal right underneath it on the website was different, you could kind of tell. Uh, So then I thought, no, you know what? We're just going to go back to the original. (laughs) So I like this. Does does the necessary add impact. Mm. Um, Because for me, the delineation of is it necessary, the divide is people for me. If it includes people, if it includes relationships, if it includes, um, you know, if it has a human component to it, then yes, I believe better is necessary. Hang on, I have to adjust my mic. It's going to be loud. Sorry, sorry, people. Sorry. It's like we haven't done this in a while. I feel like I'm too far away. Okay, I think we're good now. It involves people. It involves people. Like, taking care of yourself is better necessary? Yes. You should always be striving to take better care of yourself. yeah. Does it include, you know, your relationships with people? Then, yes, you should always strive to do better in those areas. Um, But what I like about having impact is I can do something for Richard, like giving him a Valentine's Day card, but that has no impact on him. He thinks that paper cards are silly and wasteful and that is not necessary for him. It has no impact. Whereas if I cook his favorite meal on Valentine's Day, that has way more of an impact. So if I had to figure out, okay, I'm busy, what am I gonna spend my time on going and getting him a card or cooking him dinner? The necessary is gonna be dinner and it's not going to be the card. Um, So that's where the sort of real life connection comes in when we transfer this idea of like is better necessary in creativity over into our own lives. Well, that is a good human example of uh, like knowing your audience, you know, and knowing your target audience. And you have to know what's important to them if you are selling your work or in relationship with them, Mm -hmm. trying to show them that you love them. Right. It's knowing their love language instead of yours. Mm-hmm. And what does your audience want? What do parents who bring their kids to make do, what are they wanting? And is it that they want their kids to have every single minute planned with a different craft? Well, if that's what they want, then yeah, I guess you need to spend the time to do that. But honestly, I don't think that's what most parents want. I think what what people often enjoy the most and get the most of out of our classes is the human component. Mm -hmm. Because that's what really sets make-do and things that are made by people apart is that real humans made them Mm -hmm. and put their their thoughts, their feelings, their time into it. And so it's almost like you're selling a little piece of yourself every time that you sell a bit of your creation. Or in my case, every time I spend time in class with kids is I'm giving them a little piece of myself. And that's what is really adding value um, to our creations. Well, that, though, brings up a whole another aspect of this that I've been trying to figure out how to talk about it. We'll just talk about it here. You also cannot always be your best self. So it's okay to show up and be just good enough or be okay or, like, not be doing good at all. But if what we're offering kids is essentially you and what you bring and if you can't be better every day then how do you like reconcile that does that make sense what yeah. i'm saying um i often so it kind of goes along with let me let me organize my thoughts here um i reconcile that 
by even asking this question, is better necessary? Because when I think that I'm running at the best that I can in front of other people, they may not notice every little detail of every intentional word and movement and moment that I am really putting into mm -hmm. every time that I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. um, they may be getting just you know a, a level that's lower than what I feel like I'm putting mm -hmm. in. And oftentimes, when I feel like I'm running at a lower level, they still get the same amount of value right. out of it. And that ties in with our creative aspect because we, we talked about how we as creators notice every little detail. Mm -hmm. We notice every shade of teal, every line. Mm -hmm. um, but the people who are consuming or who are enjoying our, um, our creativity often don't see that. They don't see the flaws in the clothing that we make or the quilts or the illustrations that we do. Um, they just see the general overall effect. They also are getting only that class. So they aren't comparing, like it's easy in your brain, or when I teach the quilting class, I think, oh man, that didn't, that went a lot smoother the last time I did it. And so then sometimes I think they, these poor students <laughs> got a bad experience, but they weren't there for the other time. So they don't have anything else to compare it to, first of all. Secondly, they're there to learn the information. Mm -hmm. And if they learn it, then their expectations have been met. So in that instance, it does not offer a noticeable impact mm -hmm. for me to have to teach that class the best way I've ever taught it before. Yeah. I mean, how many times have y'all encountered someone coming up to you and saying, oh, that's amazing. And you're like, that's some of the cruddiest work I've ever done. Uh, or that, Ding, like, ding, ding. Uh -huh. Yep. Yeah. I always, almost always cannot take a compliment. And... If someone says something like, wow, I really love this, or that's really amazing, I immediately want to point out all the flaws. And I do. Like, I'm like, oh, well, thanks, but, you know, this over here, it didn't turn out like I wanted, or I really, I wish that this had happened, or if I'd had more time, blah, blah, blah. But Madison, you said a phrase that, like, triggered something <laughs> in me that was, no, it was so good. It's actually a phrase that my family says a lot, because... I grew up around like home renovation. It's probably a great reason why I ended up studying interior design in school. And when we are working on these big projects and I'm like currently in the midst of a bathroom renovation at my home that I spontaneously decided to begin last week. I told oh. her I could give her tips on how to spray paint her countertop if she <laughs> <Nice>. wanted. <laughs> uh, that, that thing's going. That thing's already gone. Um, the, and the phrase that we use is overall effect. Because you can get so into the nitty gritty details that again, not everyone is going to see or notice. And, and it, it get, does kind of like come back to this, this idea of is better necessary overall effect. Sometimes the answer is overall effect. Mm -hmm. um, but Joe and I <laughs> were watching and discussing um, some of these home renovation ideas last oh. night. And there's like a, there's a scale really of, people who do renovation. So you've got people who they just hire everything out. It's going to be the highest quality finishes. They've got a massive budget. But then you also have the girl on TikTok. She showed me this girl on TikTok who painted her <laughs> counter with like wall paint. Green wall oh, paint. Oh, and you've seen her try to stencil her tile? Yes. yes oh, yeah. Girl. She's gone totally I viral. I know. There, I mean, there's a BuzzFeed article about yeah. it. I had to scroll way, way back because I deleted TikTok a while ago. But like... It was, it was so tragic. And what she was going for in overall effect, she didn't do the, res the creativity, the research. That's what blew my mind. Is, did yes. she not look at YouTube and say, can you paint your countertop with latex wall paint? The answer is no, for those of you who are wondering. No, you cannot do that. I, I'll say this to, to help this girl out a little bit. I admire the fact that she has enough confidence to go into something without watching a YouTube video. Cause I get stuck in that vortex of like, I need to know everything before yes. I start a project. She just hopped in. She's like, I've painted my countertops like three different times and I had glitter on it. And now I'm doing this and I, but it's okay. I'm going to scrape it off. That sort of tenacity <laughs> I admire. And I strive to have that. I, I just hope I do more research before mm -hmm. I go into some endeavor yeah, like that. That's why I'm, I don't think I'm very <sighs> spontaneous. <laughs> It's because I, I want to, it's this perfectionism thing. I, I am still just speechless about the whole thing. All of it. So she was going for this overall effect. Yes. But in that case, better was necessary. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Because 
the amount of time, the amount of trips to Lowe's, the amount of, basically she did the project, like, I don't know. I didn't even see the, the end result, but she probably did those countertops four different times. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I'm like, burn it to the ground. <laughs> like, this needs to just, we need to start over. I don't think the question in her situation is, is better necessary. I think it was like, is research necessary? <laughs> <laughs> is a little bit of knowledge necessary? Yeah. yeah. So Some expertise. When, when we talked last time, did we talk about the Enneagram at all? Maybe. I don't we remember. We may have touched on it a mm-hmm. little bit. Okay. So... There was there was one thing that I did want to make sure to mention in in this conversation. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the Enneagram, it is a great tool to kind of help you know yourself better, know the people in your life better, and to help yourself see what you could look like in a healthy state versus a you know a time of a time of growth or a time mm-hmm. of stress. Um, it's really helped me and a lot of people that I know. So. Um, there is a woman named Suzanne Stabile who's written a couple books. Um, the Road Back to You is a great place to start for mm-hmm. that, for a little intro. But the second book that she wrote is called The Path Between Us. And it's about all of the nine types in relationship with one another. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating because, hello, in life, we are always going to be in relationship with people. Absolutely. In any number of ways, like personally, work-related, like all kinds of ways. So the chapter about the one which is the Enneagram type that I most identify with. It is called Things Could Always Be Better. Mm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so this really hits you like It hits home. so hard. It is so like I'm fighting against so many natural tendencies to always make things better. Mm-hmm. Because I, for some reason, deep in my mind, I genuinely think things, it could always be better. And what makes us a little different is I only am concerned about things being better when it's something someone else is going to see yeah. or that someone else is doing and I want to be better than them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Joe most identifies as a three. As a three. Yes. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I brought up people and I, after doing a lot of research and him hauling around, I think I'm very close to just settling on the two. And so when it comes to people, I always want to think that better is necessary, but I have to quantify that with, but what is it with, what, what is what someone actually needs? What is the goal here? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's, I'll talk about that a little bit more when we go into our tips, but keeping a goal in mind and keeping your needs and audience in mind is important when thinking about is better necessary. And not even your, the needs of who you're trying to reach or serve or love, but also your needs because is better necessary. You may not be able to offer better. And Mm -hmm. so then it's, it's costing you more than you have mm-hmm. to give to be trying to be spinning your wheels to give them something that you think that they need. Yep. And that actually is the struggle of the two, the two when they're in stress or like, or in an unhealthy state is codependency mm-hmm. because what you're trying to do is put all those other people's needs ahead of yours. You may not be able to offer it because you haven't taken care of yourself. And I mean, that's a huge challenge because it seems such a noble thing, right? It does. And it especially culturally, I think where we, Oh yes. In, in the, in the South mm-hmm. women are, there's an, a, there's an emphasis put on women being nurturing and taking care of others. Right. And that's why I put in is better necessary. The top one was taking care of your body or taking care of yourself. Yeah. That is necessary. It is. How are you feeding and nourishing your mind, body, and soul. Mm -hmm. And hopefully one of those avenues is creativity. But if it's not, finding out what those are, um, because in this case, better is necessary Mm -hmm. for that. Yeah. Um, So there you go. Also, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to change the subject a little bit. Um, The first thing that you put out doesn't have to be the end all of it either. So I think back to masks when we were deep in the throes of it. And how many different renditions did we have of our masks? Like several. And, but we put them out immediately because people needed them. And we knew that we could make them better. And yes, better was, I don't know if you would say it was necessary, but it was nice <laughs> when mm-hmm. we like put the different um, loops on for the ears or whatever. And so we just, we kept 
doing the thing we were doing and we were making improvements and making it better as we were going, but we didn't sit around and prototype the perfect mask before we put it out for people to have. Again, Mm -hmm. going back to, um, you know, the countertop girl, she didn't (laughs) waste time in doing what she wanted to do. Whereas I would sit there and him on waste time in order to put out something that was perfect. Mm -hmm. But I would just push back on that a little (laughs) bit that she didn't waste time getting started, Mm -hmm. but she did waste a lot of time doing it the wrong way and then in having to fix it. So overall, she probably spent more time Mm -hmm. on the project than would have been spent with some research on the front end. And that she's just a good example because we don't know her and it's so ludicrous. Um, But that's very true in, in anything that we do. Like how much time do we spend researching projects to then attempt to do for a class oh yeah we've i mean there's whole months where i'm researching things and prototyping things for classes that are coming up within the next three months yeah and it's hard for us to sometimes to count that it's hard for me to count the research that i do on how to build a website as actual time that i'm working in quotes because Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel productive and so it's hard for me to see oh no this is me like learning how to do my job this counts as Mm -hmm. time that I'm on the clock um, when it doesn't feel productive and yet I'm doing all of that to make our website better Mm -hmm. so then it's this weird mix of better and also productivity I've had to sort of reframe that time that I spend on my business as well um, because with, I think with most creative businesses, you get into it because you like the creative aspect. You want to be making the thing. And unfortunately, for a business to function, you have to run the business. Mm-hmm. I know. Which, yeah, it's not great. I so like it. I like the running the business part. I actually part, am though. enjoying more so mm-hmm. because I'm allowing myself the mm-hmm. time and building that in, you know. And so I kind of have mine in like three categories of there's the creative time that is either a personal project that I'm working on or it's for a client with a client number and a deadline and a and a budget and then I've got the time that I work on researching things industry-wise so different facets of the illustration world whether it be picture books, print on demand, cards, licensing, like all of these different avenues, um, which is not billable right now, but long-term right. by doing that research, there is a payoff. Right. And then you have quote, the boring business stuff, the taxes, the invoicing. I mean, invoicing isn't bad. Speaking of is income, better necessary. I could tell you one place that is necessary <laughs> and that has to do with taxes and the people that, Take our taxes. People pay your taxes, but also... No, the administration? Yes. Do you know how many times I just had to do it again? I sent everything that needed to be sent, and then I get a letter with a government return address that says, we don't have those pieces of paper that we need. Can you please resend it? Better is necessary in that office. Yeah, that's (laughs) accurate. I I would agree there, for sure. Paul, the postman, already got my vent session when he had to thank you for listening paul yeah when he had to take the envelope to mail it (laughs) (laughs) i know but do you do you track that time like do you have a time tracking Mm -hmm. that you'll be like okay well i spent all right instead of putting a client number number up here for this amount of time the clock's running but i'm working on my website or yeah i'm invoicing or i try not to get too granular with it so yeah um but I do track things in terms of administration, yeah. um, programs, and fundraising. Yeah. Because at, for a nonprofit, that's how we re- have to report stuff into those three categories. So in that particular situation, I maybe would have tracked it as miscellaneous admin or like taxes yeah. and admin. So I don't really spend too much time looking at those reports, but yeah, it's we can look it up if we need to. Mm-hmm. But. Hmm. Okay. Tips. You ready for some tips? Mm-hmm. All right. Let me hit you with one. 
Don't compare. Okay, so these oh, are oh. tips for. <laughs> <laughs> Let's define again because this has been an Joe, issue. Joe, would you like to take this time to adjust your microphone and also? Is like, it boring? No. I'm I mean, just saying. It boring? <laughs> it's just the second time you've interrupted me. But let's Do give the people. Let's coffee? give some clarification to the tips, the context for right. the tips that we're gonna give. Because it's not just like any tips. <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving you random tips. I mean, I could. It's but tips on if you decide something that necessary isn't that better isn't necessary. Yes. If you decide better isn't necessary, these are tips to keep moving forward. Yes. To let go of your perfectionism and keep moving forward. Okay. Okay. Sorry I interrupted you. It's it's all good. No, we need to give the people at home some context. All right. Here's my tip. Don't compare. Think about what you need, what is needed, and what your goals are. So this keeps you from thinking that you need what someone else needs or you need to reach goals that other people have reached. Mm. Um, I experienced this in the process of buying a house because I'm not typically a uber material person, but going and looking at all these places, I kept thinking, what are people going to think if I buy a small house? Uh What if people think, what would people think of me if I, if my house looks like this, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, no, 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 Madison, Stop comparing what your house looks like to other people's houses. Instead, think about what you need. I need a space where I can sew. Richard needs an office space. Mm -hmm. We need a backyard for our dog and a place to park our cars. If the house has those things, then we're good. And it doesn't matter the floor layout or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Better was not necessary in that in that piece especially because like we were talking about making improvements as you go you will have that opportunity like when Mm -hmm. it's your house you can make changes some people need a better car because they do a lot of um commuting yeah to their job Mm -hmm. and things like that i don't I drive two minutes to work. Mm -hmm. I really should bike more, but I don't need a fancy car to get me from point A to point B. I like your car because I can see it from far away, and I know (laughs) if you're here. (laughs) My car is bright red and rather large, so we call it the red hot chili pepper. Um, Yes. Um, It's parked right outside our window right now. Um, But, yeah, so just take that into consideration when you see something, especially on, like, Instagram where you're like, oh, I could just, I could dress better. I could do my makeup better and hair better. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is it necessary? Do you work from home most of the time? Maybe you don't need to look like an Insta model and spend Mm -hmm. hours on your Mm -hmm. appearance. Especially when those are the kind of things that just make you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. So being able to let go of them is life-giving in so many different ways because not only are you freeing up time or brain space but also you're just like happier yes to that to that point joe introduced me to an amazing chrome extension oh. yesterday called i can't remember the name news feed eradicator news feed eradicator it's for facebook y'all no it is not just for facebook oh I what will, else is it I for go back what that because i just learned i just installed it on my computer and you can choose all of these different sites that it will eradicate your newsfeed. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Reddit, hello. Oh. Yes, Reddit. No. Okay. I mean, all of the places where you have a feed, Instagram, Twitter. And and truly, oh, see, I need Facebook is the only one of those that I get on my computer. Oh, well, yeah. but I was telling you how like with Instagram, what mm. I'll do is I'll get on the the Facebook Instagram business suite and respond to messages and comments mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I will get on my desktop for that, but it would be so beneficial. I've got to figure out, surely there's a way to do it on your phone because I'll get on there. I'll start doom scrolling. Yep. yep. Uh huh. When, and I've already, by the time I open the app, I've already forgotten what it is that I got on yeah. there yep. for, which it's was probably so to look up something specific mm-hmm. or to post content for the day mm-hmm. or to whatever, fill in the blank. You know, but it clearly was not to get deep in the throes of comparison being the thief of joy and being like, oh, well, I could be better if I looked like this or created that. Or, man, my portfolio sucks in comparison to all these other artists. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and on and on it goes. Yeah. Or you see someone, you're watching stories or something and you're like, oh, man, she's already at work. Yeah. I'm still in my pajamas. I, I guess this day's ruined. 
We are very hard on, our, hard on ourselves, mm-hmm. aren't we? What's your first tip for That was my tip. I just inserted yeah. it. Oh, say it again then? Well, it's Don't. not really one phrase. It was an, It's an unfortunate conglomeration of Newsfeed no, eradicator. Newsfeed eradicator. <laughs> yes. No doom scrolling. Comparison is the thief of joy. There Take all go. those and make it what you want it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mine is to consider the cost of not moving forward, which you brought up when you were talking about noodling. Yeah. If if you're waiting for better before you release something into the world, what is that costing you? Yes. So in our case of making masks, we sold when we first started, we sold 250 masks in the first, like overnight. Um, so if we had waited, I mean, that's a very tangible amount of money (laughs) that Mm -hmm. it would have cost us. Mm -hmm. And so there is a monetary value, but then I think there can also be, um, a personal value. Like there's personal cost, um, that you are paying Mm -hmm. with every decision that you make. And so considering, if I stay, let myself stay stuck waiting on better, what is that costing me? And is it worth it? Because it, it might be worth it to wait and have something better. Or it's probably not, though. I like this tip because it has deeper implications. Mm. If you're waiting to be the perfect person before you can meet your perfect person, you're going to be waiting forever. Don't spend your time trying to perfect Oh, if I just get everything in place, then I'll be ready to move on. I'll be ready to buy a house. If I just if I save this much mm-hmm. for retirement, then I'll be ready to buy a house or I'll be ready to get a car or whatever milestone you're waiting for. Don't think about it like that. You're putting arbitrary rules on yourself. Think about what you need and then proceed from there. Mm-hmm. Find a plan from there. It'll, it'll make you so much happier. Especially because you learn along the way. And I know this sounds like it is in direct contradiction to me saying that you should do some research before you start painting your counters. But you do learn through your mistakes as well. Yeah. So thinking that it all has to be exactly right and perfect before you can present it to the world, you're really backing yourself into a corner because then you're also not having opportunity to improve and make things better. It's a balance, right? You have to strike that between not getting stuck in that research vortex or like, Mm -hmm. I'm not ready yet. It's not perfect yet. And then also making sure that you're not just jumping headfirst into Mm -hmm. things, which is why I think it's a great idea to always have like a panel of people um, of different like ages and different genders and just all kinds of points of view that you can take something to. So like, The housing market is crazy right now Mm -hmm. as of time of recording. And so we found a house on Sunday and we went ahead and put an offer on it the same day. Mm -hmm. And before doing that, I like called my parents and called a few other people. And I was like, am I crazy? Like what? And they kind of validated me, calmed me down. Or if I was being crazy, they would be like, well, have you considered this? Um, So instead of just, I guess that could be my second tip. Instead of just, only asking yourself is better necessary. You can ask somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's my second tip to get a second opinion. <gasps> yeah. Because it, it can be, first of all, it can help answer those other questions that we were asking at the beginning. Does better add value? Does better make a noticeable impact? If I were to show Meredith my two teals and say, Does, is there a difference in this? <laughs> she works with color all the time. I trust her opinion. And for her to say, yeah, you know, it, it does. This is better. Or honestly, Joe, that looks like you just put the same color twice. Um, that can be really helpful, too. And it, it just kind of validates what you already know mm-hmm. that, no, you should just move on. Well, yeah. and to have people from, like, different ages, walks of life, backgrounds, genders, you know, whatever it is that you're you're posing this question they probably had some other experience that you haven't had. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, maybe you haven't done a rebrand before, but do you realize that by breaking up that new color, by changing the hex code by one digit, yeah. like this is the long-term cost, time, mm-hmm. all of the things. Um, and so my other tip was going to be, rather than asking another person, is to have a like a strategic plan of sorts that you can go back to and say, 
okay, is this in alignment with these goals that I've set out Mm -hmm. for myself? And this is something that Joe and I talked about in our first mastermind meeting. And we keep saying mastermind because it makes us sound really fancy. Yeah. Well, we are. (laughs) I always think of, I'm thinking of the movie movie. Megamind where it's got the blue alien. It is Megamind. My dad was called, he was like, like the movie? No. It's Megamind. Megamind. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, should we explain what a mastermind is? It is like a think tank of like-minded people. Wonderful. Yeah. It just helps. So in our instance, Meredith is trying to strike out on her own, do some work on her own. And then I have obviously make do. And so we are becoming like that second opinion kind of. Yeah. A place for accountability and uh, having to have like. A regular check-in. Yeah. 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 And we have that in other ways, but then this is just a a more specific and mutual, like we'll do it for each other. Yeah, exactly. So Exactly. So by having, we had this discussion about um, priorities Mm. and, you know, I was having this issue prioritizing because I want to do all the things Mm -hmm. and it is really hard to narrow down because just because you can do all the things doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. And so by when we were kind of, throwing around some of these ideas, Joe was like, well, you need a strategic plan. Right. Well, since I started this document of a strategic plan, it has helped immensely. I mean, the amount of productivity that I've had since that meeting was like, it's shocking actually. Because it's such a helpful way to ask yourself, the question, like, is this something that I pursue or not? Exactly. If it fits in the strategic plan, then it is. If it doesn't mm-hmm. fit in the plan, then it's not. We run into that with make do as well. What are we going to offer? Like, <laughs> okay, here is a long, uh, like a rabbit hole I went down one time, was looking at a long arm machine, which is what you use to quilt, like big quilts, Um like if you send a quilt top to a professional quilter, they are going to use a long arm machine. And so in the throes of the pandemic, I thought, gosh, do we need to get a long arm machine? And then that could be another service that we offer and just another way to bring in revenue. Well, the really fast definitive answer is no, we do not need to get a long arm machine. They are expensive and it is an entire new business. Mm -hmm. It does not fit into our strategic plan of offering pay what you can classes to the public developing relationship and helping people explore creativity. A long arm machine falls not at all into that. It also doesn't physically fit in our space. Anyways. It would fit in our space. Well, but we have a mural there. Yeah, we would. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have to like rip down a wall or something yeah. to there get There would it have in? to be like, we wouldn't have the space for classes. Right. It like literally does not fit in with what we're doing. No. So it was just a, I think it's, it's really easy to be distracted yes. by all of the options. Yes. And so having a strategic plan is another way to ask this question is, yes. is blank necessary? So exactly. in the context of homes, cause I'm home minded right now, um, <laughs> you can, <laughs> I get, I'm so happy y'all because listen, this people, this is why I'm happy that Madison bought a house because I live every day in fear that Madison is going to leave and so it's now so that sweet. she bought a house, yeah. that doesn't mean that she will stay at Make Do for forever, but it does mean if she leaves, she still has a house. It just makes it a lot harder for her uh, to yeah. quit Make go. Do. There you go. So I'm real happy. <laughs> so in the context of, of houses and things, you can like something, but you don't necessarily need to buy it. You can think something's mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. and enjoy it, but you don't need to mm-hmm. have it. In the same way, if you are creating something or if you see something that's like hashtag relationship goals on Instagram, um, just because you like it doesn't mean that you need it mm-hmm. or that you need to buy it and bring it into your space. Mm-hmm. Having that plan and a idea of what you actually need, that's going to be what that's going to help you determine what you actually need to spend mm-hmm. time, money and energy. Mm-hmm. on. Yeah, that reminds me of. Two things. One, I'm sure last time that we talked, I brought up Austin Kleon, who is one of my favorite writers, artists. He he wrote Steal Like an Artist, which is a great book. And then Show Your Work and Keep Going. 
So I blame him for the reason that I have to be on Instagram. <laughs> um, so one of the principles that is in Steal Like an Artist is creativity is subtraction. And by taking away some of those options, as we've just been discussing, the options are all incredibly distracting and they mm-hmm. take us away from the actual goal. And that's how I have felt that this strategic plan has helped me to make quicker decisions or as Kendra Dachi would say, like decide once. Decide once. Yeah. And that's been such a beneficial thing for me um, in making those decisions. And even I can remember when I was in school and our mutual friend, Amy Cox, um, would talk about all of these ideas that we have. And you may have a bunch of really good ideas, but to put them all together, sometimes more is not better. No, and you've and got to kill edit, some good ideas. Yeah, editing is the hard is like one of the hardest parts of creativity. Exactly, exactly. And so you got to kill some good ideas. Mm, it's true. Yeah. All right, I have one more tip. Do y'all have? I have one more. You got one more too. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Um, seeing the value in what you already have. Mm. So if you're like, you have a piece in front of you, whether it's your work, creativity, you know, and you're like, you ask yourself, is better necessary? And you say, no. Now it's an now is an excellent time to take a look at it and see all of the good things mm-hmm. that are present there that you like and enjoy and then when you get ready to make or do whatever you're going to do next taking the things that you like and then perfecting them mm-hmm. and in that way or perfecting them making them better in that way you're finding the value you're okay with the thing being as is and then a way of perfecting that could be taking it and moving on to something else Mm -hmm. as opposed to constantly nitpicking one object, one thing um, for a lifetime. (laughs) That reminds me of the painting that I just made. (laughs) 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 If you, by the time this comes out, it will have been a while ago, but if you follow our Instagram, maybe I need to put it in a highlight, (laughs) but I was trying to paint something for my living room and I painted the same canvas no less than seven times. And Madison was teaching a class, and every time the kids came in, they would be like, that's not what it looked like before. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. It, and it wasn't a matter, I guess this is where it doesn't really fit. It wasn't a matter of better um, or it not being perfect. It was more me exploring and not knowing what I wanted to do. Well, and to this question of is better necessary, I kept thinking back um, to when you guys were talking about the masks. So in, in that instance, when you ended up coming up with a better prototype, better wasn't necessary, but it was good. Mm-hmm. It was a good thing. And so I think that those are kind of like your options, like better, it might not be, it, it could be necessary. Mm-hmm. Like something might actually need to be better. We don't actually need to paint our countertops with latex paint. Like better is necessary in that yeah. circumstance. Was it absolutely necessary and vital to the masks that you were creating? No, they functioned They functioned perfectly mm-hmm. fine. But there was an improvement that could be made. It wasn't a life or death situation. Mm-hmm. But it was good. Mm-hmm. And the improvement that we made was within our scope, like within our yes. realm of something we could actually do. And I think there is always room for improvement, right? It's just that sometimes... I mean, I think so. It's, <laughs> ri- it's just that sometimes the energy that it's going to take to make the improvement is not worth the value that the improvement is going to add. Yeah. And yet, if we're always striving to make things better, then we end up sacrificing... Like, it ends up costing us so much for nothing in return. Yeah. Like, I, I know I've shared this before when we've talked about perfectionism, but when I was a competitive swimmer, we had T-shirts that said, good, better, best, never let it rest till my good is better and my better best. Now, from a, a sports mentality, you can see, oh, yeah, you practice so that you can get better, but that is not a sustainable way to approach your life. Like... You can't even always be good. Some days are going to be bad. And that doesn't mean that they were wasted days just because they weren't the best day. So I guess I, I push back on that idea of never let it rest till your good is better and your better best. Because actually you need the rest yeah. <laughs> to move, to 
to move the needle in those areas. And I think now we have the idea of rest and self-care is in the conversation a lot more than it was 20 years ago. Well, 15 years ago when I was swimming. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for that, but also it's the first thing that I let go of. Yeah. And it, it comes at great cost to my personhood, which is why I like Madison, that that was the first thing that you brought up was kind of the, the, yeah, the self aspect, aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. Taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Better is necessary. If you yeah. need someone to tell you that, let me be that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my last tip was start something new, which is very similar to what you were saying, Madison. So that might be something new in the same thing that you're doing. So for Meredith, that might be like, just start a new drawing mm-hmm. uh, and then go back to the other one if you want to and see if you can even remember the changes that you want to make. Or it could be for me, a lot of times starting something new is just getting excited about a different project because I can get really stuck in the weeds on like the, the details that I'm wanting to change. But if I can just release that into the world and get excited about something new, then that gives me energy again to keep moving forward and not obsess about that other thing. Yeah. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, our new website will be out. It's so beautiful. I've seen a little bit of it. Cause I've been stuck on it for months, y'all months. Well, there was something that you said that kind of made me, as we've been talking about these things, it's a very like binary way of thinking. Like this, perfectionism like it has to well if I get to this point then I'll be happy Mm -hmm. or if it's either awesome or it's terrible or it's not Mm -hmm. exactly and so that can be so debilitating well sometimes like you said you may not finish the project Mm -hmm. and you may come back to it at a later time that's really hard when you're in this perfectionism very like binary way of thinking and to be like it's okay to let it go I can come back to it I don't have to like kill it Mm -hmm. I don't have to like burn it to the ground like I can just start a new drawing over here and, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And it's, it's actually a good practice because so many of these things that we, we talk about, you talk about exercise, you talk about creativity, all of these things are a practice, your self care. It's all a process. Um, and I know I mentioned on the last podcast when I was um, talking with you guys for the first time about this place called onsite. And I did get to go there <gasps> from the last time we talked. Oh, and it that's was amazing. Awesome. And it was the best week of my life. And Miles Adcox is the best. And they just have created a wonderful thing. So anyway, but one of the things that they talk about, if you anyone that's gone to OnSite will say, trust the process. Mm. Yes. And so you have to trust that it is a process. It's not going to be done overnight. It's not going to be one day a switch is going to be flipped and you're going to be, you will have arrived. You are now the perfect person or yes. the perfect artist or the perfect spouse or mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's a process. And sometimes it's really freaking messy, but it can also be really beautiful. And one of the points that you mentioned, Madison, was like, notice those good things. Mm-hmm. Like, take the compliment. Step back and instead of being nitpicky about the details, pick out some really f- wonderful things because it's not all bad. It's not all perfect or all crap. Yep. There is, it's more gray. Yeah. 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 I'd hate to say it, but I don't, we're never going to get to that point where we've reached the pinnacle of who we want to be because who we want to be changes. Um, and that, that is the beauty of uh, the journey of life. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to be the same person that I am now in 10 years because then I will not have like moved forward. I will not have changed and um learned from my you know experiences um i think the scarier thing is if you think you have arrived and you are to that perfect mm-hmm. place i don't ever want to get that comfortable where i think all right i'm good now also let me be the person that to tell you um you have not arrived if you need that <laughs> yeah, i can right. also be the person that <laughs> says that. you oh. have not arrived no you have not we'll tell you um that thinking or something that you just said brought this to mind people always ask me someone was just in the studio and was asking like so do you feel like you've made it like stop <laughs> like, don't ask that question people well actually it was a really good thing to reflect on because they when I look at it yes like if you had asked me 
before Make Do existed, or even when I had just moved to Searcy and we existed like in our very first studio, if you had asked me what does success, and I don't even mean success as in like good or bad, but just what does this look like if it's working? What would that look like to you? What would you be content with, with your vision for Make Do? I would describe something that looked exactly like what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. But now that we are here doing what we're doing, the needle has moved, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's goes back to what we were talking about before about there's always room for improvement and not necessarily improving because what's happening now isn't good and we can make it better, but just continuing along the journey of make do. And that's maybe right. that is a better way for me to even think about that is, yeah, this is exactly what was inside of my spirit that I didn't know how to flesh out and now I'm seeing it fleshed out and I also know that the work isn't done like we have more to offer and it's going to grow in ways that we don't know so um yeah nobody's sitting on their laurels here no often when you get the feeling of like oh I am now or if you look back and you think oh I, I really have accomplished quite a bit it happens in an instant and it's while you're in the process of continuing to do your thing where you're like wow this, this is really what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more I want to be doing mm-hmm. too. And it's being in that unique space. If you can hold on to that gratitude and contentment as you keep moving forward, it's going to feel awesome. Well, because that goes to the point you were making, Madison, about seeing the value in what you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I get, uh, like a lot of times, because nobody wants to go to work every day. Like that... Uh, phrase, find a job you love and you'll never work a day <laughs> in your life is such bull crap yeah. because no work is hard. Like sometimes getting out of bed is just really stupid and you do have to come to work and you don't feel like it, but it does help that on those days I can still just think, gosh, I have so much gratitude for what we have been able to accomplish through the help of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and that Madison and I both are able to just be in this space that like exists now and it didn't before. Mm -hmm. And so that alone is sometimes, um, enough, like that's enough motivation to, to keep asking the questions and keep pushing forward when it's hard. Yep. Well, and it's a very like black and white way to think of work. Work isn't bad. Mm. Like find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Well, actually if you find something you love, you're probably going to work twice as hard at it. It's very true. Right. You know, and, and that's implying that work is either good or bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not. No. Also finding something that you love. If when you make it your job, sometimes it makes you love it a little less (laughs) or like it just makes it Oh, you don't have to tell me that. Oh boy. (laughs) Boy. That's why we need hobbies. Hobbies are good. Um, Okay, do we want to do sweet and sour? I think we should. Have you had a, has everyone had a chance to think of it? Because I know I've shown we up. We didn't. I will by the time you guys. Okay, okay. cool. Here's my sweet. Okay. Y'all, Pip is laying on the floor right now at Make Do being so sweet. And she pees outside now. Well yes. done, Pip. She did pee a little bit inside today because she saw Madison and she was so excited. Uh, but then we went out. She stopped herself. Mm-hmm. And then we went outside and she peed outside. We do have to walk a little bit, <laughs> a couple blocks. I wish she would just pee right outside, but she doesn't. But that's Bless my her. sweet. Awesome. I know. I'm ready for her to be able to be a true studio dog. She'll get We're there. We're getting there. Yeah. How old I is she now? Six months. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, that's around the age that Lucy was. So she's getting to that point mm-hmm. where she can come in more. Yeah, often. she's definitely like more chill and yeah. Well, do you want to share your sour with us? I don't have a sour yet. Do do you sweet? And then I'll keep thinking. I'll think about my sour. Okay. Um, Here's my sweet. Um, This may sound really minimal, but last night I made a really good dinner. (gasps) And I made it without a recipe. And it was just stuff that I had in my fridge and my pantry. My mom would make this creamy mushroom chicken that was served over rice. Um, And I haven't been able to eat it because my husband is lactose intolerant. Um, And cream of soup of anything has Mm -hmm. obviously cream in it. Well, I was able to make it dairy-free last night, and I ate two portions of it, and I just felt like I was transported back home. And it was just 
it was so wholesome and fulfilling mm-hmm. that like I made it and it was dairy free and I was just like it just felt like self care all wrapped yeah. up in a nice little plate. It was so good. That's so nice. Yeah. I mean, one time, one time, I made myself a pot roast and I cried because it was so sweet <gasps> oh. and sentimental. I was like, this oh. tastes like so good in my childhood. <laughs> so yeah, so maybe y'all need whoever's listening needs to take the opportunity to like cook yourself something nice. Yes, self care. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. You got something sweet, Meredith? Maybe I do. So, do we do the the sour or the sweet first? Does well, it matter? We have both done our sweets first. I yeah. know, but see, save the bad part for last. Ah, uh, the sour's just like a little tangy. Like it's not super bad. Okay. Here's my sour, just so you know. Okay. This flipping weather. It is too hot. Quite, <laughs> quite hot and humid. That is accurate. We've <laughs> talked about this before on the podcast. How Joe does not handle the heat well, and my husband goes, you know. Madison, you take the heat really well, don't you? I was like, yeah, it's not too bad. He goes, so I'm the reason that the electric bill is going up? I said, yes, sweetheart. Oh. You are you are the high maintenance Well, I one. told Meredith, I said, yeah, I got hot last night, so I turned it down to 69. <gasps> <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> I usually sleep with it on 70, but actually I would be really happy with it at, like, 65. Wow. Oh, yeah. And I was, like, shivering. You were? Oh. I had, like, basically a weighted blanket on me last night. The what? one that you knitted. You just wore cold you know when you were sleeping? Joe no, has not this when I was face. Oh. Great. I'm like, because I was like, I asked you if you needed another blanket. And why would you not tell me that you were cold? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, just like when we were, oh. you know, yeah, oh. talking. Yeah. Bless. Okay. Because I was, like, in a cocoon. Okay. Um. Okay, well, I'll say my sour since you said your sour thing. So my sour thing, again, it's not that bad. It ends up being okay. But I had planned to install a pocket door in my bathroom Mm -hmm. this week. And I went to demo the portion of the wall, like take down the drywall, where I was going to be installing this new track for my pocket door. Yeah. Well, I didn't plan ahead, people. So this is my own fault. I should have gotten out my stud finder, but I was like, this is going to be fine. My only thing that I need to do is move this electrical, which I need to open up the wall for anyway. Okay. There was a post. Ah. So essentially, for those of you who aren't familiar with what a pocket door is, you like open up the wall Mm -hmm. so that the door can go slide into the pocket to be open and then you can close it. And it saves a lot of space if you are have a like tight quarters mm-hmm. where you're trying to you don't need a, like a door swing. Yeah. And so that was the the problem I was trying to solve. It ended up being great though because I needed to open up the wall more so that I could move the electrical from one wall to another. Gotcha. So that ended up being a happy ending to this to this story. So. But it's still awful. Like open up. You're like, oh, this is gonna be so easy, and you're like, rud. Oh, it's I not. Know. But I ordered a track to do like an overhead barn door situation instead, which is way cuter anyway. That'll be cute. Yeah. And it's at my house. All right. I'll give my sour and then you can give your sweet. We'll end on your sweet thing. Okay. Um, My sour thing is the studio's a wreck. I've had people come and clean. Like I say people. I mean our teen volunteers who we love dearly here. Um, but no matter what we do, it's always a mess because we're always doing things. It's a process, Madison. I know it's a process. Um, but I've definitely felt really down about the fact that I, part of my job is keeping this place clean and it's not clean. No. Okay. What did I tell you your job was this summer? You only had one job. To execute kids' classes. Yeah. That is my only job. One job, Madison. You had one job, Madison. (laughs) Keeping the studio clean was not part of it. So I guess keeping the studio clean was not necessary. But I feel like it is. How did you feel about how you executed kids' classes this summer? I felt very good about it. Yeah, you killed it. I slayed. Yay. You did. So job well done. You are employee of the month. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're employee of the quarter. I'm I'm gonna make you I'm gonna make a make do employee of the month parking sign and stick it outside. <laughs> hey, That's that'll so keep cute. that'll make sure that I never have any parking issues ever again. That'd be so good. I'm do you sorry, think but the do city you would get mad at me. Parking issues in Yes. Yeah. That'll be saved for our after hours okay, podcast. Okay. But yeah. She Sometimes Madison gets yelled at for where she parks. Yeah. But anyways, okay. th- we'll save for that another for time. another yeah. time. Yes. Tell us about your something sweet. My something sweet. Okay. I'm so excited because within, what's today's date? 
the 23rd? Maybe? 23rd. Okay. In a week, like just a little over a week, on August 2nd, my co-working space that I've joined <gasps> is opening. Yay! And it's called Alabaster Collective, and it's so beautiful, and it's in Germantown in Nashville. It's this like old house that's been beautifully updated and an amazing group of women go and work there and I get to be one of them and I can't wait it's gonna be so wonderful because working from home is really hard when you work for yourself and I've just been bouncing from coffee shop to coffee shop every day and to have a place where I put on pants and Mm -hmm. a blazer and go not a blazer if it's 100 degrees outside no you got what I'm saying a jumpsuit something and go work and be Philly, feeling very productive and inspired. So it's going to be so sweet. I can't wait. Yeah. That's that awesome. Excellent. That's exciting. Ah. All right. Well, we did it. We recorded a podcast. We really appreciate Meredith being on the mm-hmm. show again. We love having oh, her. it's so yes. fun to be here. In person. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Madison has been ending us with the song <gasps> by making up a, a song. I just make up a little ditty, you know? Yeah. Do you want to sing it? Oh, uh, do you want to sing a song? I, or I I'll, have, can, I'll can sing a song. You can sing a song? Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Hang on. I have to think of a tune. <laughs> <laughs> I know it feels intense. I know. It spot. feels like I make up songs all the time. But so I'll be like, Pip is sleeping on the floor. She had a good dream. I hope your day is as good as Pip's dreams. Goodbye. Goodbye. Have a good day. Like that. <laughs> I love it. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Thank you to my dear, dear friend Craig Hudson for our very createful theme music. You can hear more of Craig's music on Spotify under Craig Hudson. That's Hudson with a T. Or you can just uh, click on the link in the show notes. Also, be sure to connect with Make Do on Instagram at Make Do Create or on Facebook at Make Do Cersei. And visit our website, makedocreate.org, for upcoming classes, show notes, to order a face mask, lots of things.